Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Your host here, Earl Breon. You know, sometimes the burden of command is about knowing when to listen and knowing when to act. To share this little lesson, I'm going to talk about the story of the, the Battle of Thermopylae. Now, most of you, if you've heard of the Battle of Thermopylae or the Hot Gates, it's probably because of the uh, kind of highly fictionalized version in the movie 300. Now, the movie got a lot of things right. It obviously embellished in several areas, to put it lightly. The, the crux of it is that 300 Spartans stood against... Now, in the early years, it was said a million Persian army. Some people would put it as high as 2 million. But modern experts... And I don't know how they've really come to this, but modern experts have placed the number really more in the two to three hundred thousand range. Now, the piece that uh, gets overlooked here is it wasn't just three hundred Spartans that stood against the Persian army uh, along the way, along the march to uh, Thermopylae or the the Hot Gates. Um, you know, they picked up a few thousand other Greek soldiers. And again, you kind of see that scene depicted in the movie when they run into, uh, we're into the group of people and, uh, one of them makes a comment. It's like, oh, you only brought 300, uh, 300 warriors with you. And Leonidas looks at him and says something like, uh, that's more than you brought. Uh, because that was what the Spartans were. They were professional war fighters, period, full stop. Uh, most of the other things that they did were actually accomplished by slaves. Uh, helots, if I remember, that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, but anyways, to get to the point here. So uh, we all know the circumstances. The Persian army is going to invade. They threaten Sparta. King Leonidas, one of the two kings of Sparta, because they always had two kings in case uh, one would go to battle and one would stay back in case one got slain. Uh, so King Leonidas was the war king at the time. And uh, he wasn't going to stand for it no matter what anybody said. He disobeyed some direct orders, if you will, and uh, found a way to justify taking these 300 Spartans for, as he put it, a long walk. Um, but the story I really want to get to is once they get there, you know, once they get there, uh, Leonidas and his captains, they survey the land and they see that while the hot gates 
is the best strategical point for them at the time, it's still not as good as it needs to be. And so there's discussion about building a wall. They want to, uh, they want to create a, a nice, tight choke point. Because you see the, the Spartans, especially with this type of warfare, they like to fight in a, a phalanx formation. It's actually where uh, my partner and I named our company the leadership phalanx from was this type of formation. Because what it does is it allows a small group to out, uh, I don't want to say outmaneuver because maneuvering is kind of hard, but it allow to outperform. It allows a small group to outperform a larger group. And that's what we saw here. These Spartans, using a well-executed phalanx technique, were able to stand you know, let's just give them some credit. Let's say several thousand Spartans and other Greek soldiers against the two to 300,000 Persians. And the Persian army was no slouch. They've been marching all over, uh, conquering lands up to this point. So with all of their tactic, uh, tactical knowledge and strategic knowledge and warfighting know-how, they knew that the, the gate as it stood was too wide. They needed to build a wall that would allow them to get into their phalanx formation and not be outflanked by the Persians, because that is the downfall uh, to the phalanx. If you can get around it, if you can get to the flanks, the sides, and break it up, once you start breaking it up, it, it crumbles a lot quicker. Uh, if you keep, hit, keep hitting it head on, it can stand a lot. So the wall is critical, okay? The wall is very critical. Now, kings are monarchies. Now, this is a military organization, so you got to think that there was a little bit more of that inherent give and take like there is in the military. Because that's one of the misconceptions is, you know, that officers just bark orders, there's no pushback whatsoever, and subordinates just execute. There's a lot of discussion that goes on there. Hey, we're going to do this. This is how we're going to do it. Uh, sir, did you notice this? This could pose some problems. Hey, good catch, private. Good catch, Lance Corporal. Good catch, Sergeant. Whatever. Uh, let, how do we handle that? And then some discussion ensues. Same thing happened here. We need to build a wall. We want to channel them straight into our phalanx head on. That's how we're our strongest. We're channeling them towards our strong suit, the phalanx. Now, a lot of times in a monarchy like that, um, the, the leader feels a need to have the answer. And it would have been very easy for King Leoninus to, to come up and say, you know, hey, I'm the king. You're going to do whatever I tell you to do. Put the wall here. But he didn't. And it's a very powerful scene in the movie. And if you haven't seen it, I highly suggest that you go back and look for this scene. It's relatively early in the movie, maybe about a third of the way through, something like that. But he sees his captain start to talk and debate. And he realizes that they're all making some good points. So he just sits and he listens. And he listens for a little while. And then finally he realizes, as most of these types of conversations do, that they've reached the point of impasse. Each captain has kind of dug into their position and they think that they are right. Now this is where the leadership piece comes in. So Leoninus has been listening. He's been weighing each one of these. And then it happens. While they're still talking, he goes over to a pile of rocks that they're going to use to build this wall, and he picks one up, and he walks over to a spot on the ground, and he places the first rock. 
And the captains kind of notice it, but they don't really register what's going on. And then Leonidas goes back to the pile of rocks. He picks up a second rock. He comes over and he sets it down next to the first one. And if I remember the scene correctly, I think he does this like two or three times. I could be wrong. He maybe only does it to once, but I think he does it a few times. And then it clicks. That's where the wall is going to go. You know, the point is, he, he set the vision. We need to build a wall. We got to get this thing to play to our strong suit. But he didn't just take the position. I'm the leader. I'm the manager. I have all the answers. This is what we're going to do. He had the foresight and the, the expertise in leadership skills, if you will, to sit back, listen to his captains who had a lot of different opinions and be okay enough for at least a short period of time, even as a king, to take on a followership role. He was a student at that point. He wanted to hear what all of his trusted advisors and experts had to say. Now, had he not, maybe King Leonidas would have picked pretty much the same spot. Maybe he would have picked a worse spot. Maybe he would have picked a better spot. But what we do know is that his approach setting the vision, listening to his team, and then coming up with a good solution derived from all of their feedback worked out pretty good. I mean, we do still talk about their stand at, at Thermopylae to this day. So it was a legendary decision in every sense of the word. Legendary. Now, my question to you listeners is how comfortable are you doing that? You know, are you the leader that feels because you are the leader that you have to know everything? You can't be vulnerable enough to ask questions, ask for advice, especially from uh, from subordinate uh, subordinate employees. Because everybody's got a lot of life experiences out there. They're going to look at things a little bit different. Sometimes a lack of experience uh, not knowing how something should be done is the most valuable piece of experience you have in a situation. And I'll talk in a few episodes about why that is actually so important. Um, maybe the next story I tell, uh, I'll get into that one. But the point is, get comfortable being able to take on followership roles, even for short periods of time. Trust your staff. Trust your team. Let them have some say in the decision-making process. Let them have as much say as possible in the decision-making process. Because see, here's the other thing. As Leonidas is building this wall, what each one of those captains sees, whether this was his intent or not, what each one of these captains sees is some of their idea. And when people see their idea, they want their idea to succeed, so they're going to execute it better. Well, when you have feedback and you take a true uh, true amalgamation of all the feedback, everybody gets to see a little piece of their plan and everybody wants to see their plan succeed. So see, I guess that's a second lesson in here, right? Is when you're doing strategic planning and you're doing annual operation type planning and you're doing all that, if you just come at it from the upper level down, that's when you have a hard time generating the, the, the buy-in buzzword. But if you get your team involved in the process, you automatically generate buy-in because not only is it the organization's 
idea, but it's their idea. And everybody wants to see their idea succeed. All right, so there you go. Uh, the story of, of uh, well, I guess I could say a couple of stories that, that happened before the Battle of Thermopylae leading up to it. Set back, listen to your team, listen to your experts. Don't be afraid to take on a followership role. And don't be afraid to come to a solution that is a true average of all of the feedback and input that you've gotten. It's a sign of a really, really strong, strong leader. All right, folks, that's it. I promise this time, that's it. The Battle of Thermopylae. I uh, kept this one nice, short, and sweet. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any ideas for future stories or future guests to this podcast, reach out to me at burden.command at gmail.com. With that, I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. And keep those shields up. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.